0: Hi, I'm Charles Evans, Music Director of the Long Bay Symphony here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, with another installment of Speaking of the Arts. This is our first episode back after our first large ensemble performance since February of last year. So we were, of course, very excited to be on stage after such a long absence, but it got me to thinking a bit about the challenges uh, of performing during this pandemic. So I thought it would give all of you out there some insight into the difficulties performers and teachers face during this COVID to interview three musicians associated with the Long Bay Symphony. First, I'll speak with Chad Hammer, a member of our cello section, as well as orchestra director at Ten Oaks Middle School. Then with Lacey Teer, a senior at the Scholars Academy, as well as being uh, principal bass in the Long Bay Youth Symphony. And finally with my choral colleague and frequent guest on this series, Dr. Tim Cook, music director of the Carolina Master Chorale and professor of choral studies at Coastal Carolina University. I hope you enjoy their perspectives on music in the COVID world. Hi, I'm here now with Chad Hammer at uh, 10 Oaks Middle School, where he's been uh, orchestra director for how many years now? In my fourth year here, okay. since we opened, so yeah, and I think that you uh, you've been with the symphony for five years or so. Yeah, yeah. I moved here in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, the end of two thousand fifteen. So. Yeah, so uh, just just driving here, yeah, I could witness the growth and the tremendous oh, yeah. amount of change in this area. Something that's always made it you know so full of hope here. Mm-hmm. You realize that, that things aren't going to be the same at all. 10 years from now, it's gonna be a whole different place. And Absolutely. that's always always very exciting. But, you know, I think the schools have probably felt the impact of this COVID about as much as Definitely. any part of the, you know, of society. So I, I, I thought it might be nice for you to walk our audience through everything you've been through from mid-March when this first happened up to now. Okay, well, so yeah, mid-March last year, we, um,
1: We started off with not really knowing what this was that was happening, but being ready. They said, be ready to go into distance learning. Um, And we didn't really know what that was going to look like, and then we were just kind of, we went into it. And it was scary, because all of a sudden I'm teaching instrument playing over the computer. (laughs) (laughs) And my older kids, uh, my older students, they're more computer savvy, and so they adjusted to it far quicker than the sixth graders who were beginners anyway so yeah. for that was who it was hard and to And that's know. really hard to teach yeah. a beginner like that. Um, they had only had half of a year with me before really uh, second semester had started and they got thrown into learning how to play a violin or cello through a computer.
0: So, And that was all the way through the end of last year. And that year. went through
1: the end of the school year. Um, over the summer we kept in contact but I was hoping that we would start to see a waning and I could have some in-person summer tutoring sessions, but that obviously never happened. I was hopeful that a lot of students came and picked up their instruments to take home permanently for the yeah. summer, and that was good, and then we started the school year this year with two weeks of distance learning, or no, we started two weeks late, I'm sorry, and then we went into hybrid mode, and that has been a separate challenge because I see the students yeah. once a week
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, do you see them uh, through the internet? During the week, or you actually we op- do, um, and I offer my students
1: the opportunity to tune in to the alternate days rehearsals as well, and they can rehearse with us from home if they choose to. Um, and they don't actually sonically rehearse with you; they mute themselves mm-hmm. and they just basically listen along with what we're doing
0: and then play with us when we're playing. Yeah, because um, that, as I mentioned to other uh, people I've interviewed, that, uh, the idea of Sinking the sound is mm-hmm. really really difficult. I tried that in the fall and, and we all tried it yeah. Some high school groups had some
1: success with doing it But middle schoolers it's a little too squirrely to get them to play You know all on the same beat like listening to a recording and playing with it. Yeah,
0: yeah
1: um, So I just kind of gave up on trying to do that and I just I Actually end up doing a lot of one-on-one, you know
0: stuff when it's online only and just you know working one at a time with them Yeah, well outside of the time limitation what has been the biggest challenge in trying to work with your students to improve in these conditions? I think just seeing them
1: once a week it's the consistency because as you know it's the daily repetition that really helps a a beginner player especially learn their instrument. Um, The plus side was getting 80 minute classes.
0: Well, that's true, because then then it's like a real regular rehearsal instead of a class. Yeah,
1: we we get a lot done in the 80 minutes, um, but then I don't see them again for a week. So uh, we do some limited work on Fridays during our Google Meets where everybody is distance learning. Um, They've picked up how to tune their instruments on their own a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, so they've sort of been forced into a certain degree of independence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The other challenge was how to present it,
0: like how to present the product as a concert yeah I was about to ask you about that so what have you done about performance of any kind since this whole thing started
1: well uh, the district made it clear that if we were gonna try to do it that we needed to follow a lot of strict guidelines and so they came up with a proposal document that we have to fill out outlining all of our safety protocols that we follow so a lot of teachers decided at that point to go the digital route and create the grid videos like you see um, yeah which like I said high schoolers tend to have more success at than middle schoolers so we put together our proposal myself and the band director here and the chorus director and we did, we broke up our concert into two shows on a Saturday and so that we would have a maximum number of the audience, I think it was around a hundred people and we did it in the gymnasium instead of on the stage in our auditorium area so um, we did that, the kids were able to be physically six feet apart out on the gym floor and we just made the best of it. I, picked, I did pick slightly easier music since we only see each other once a week right, sure. um, but we were able to still put together a nice program with some holiday music and the parents were I think very appreciative to have that semblance of normalcy to be able to come see their
0: child perform in person. Yes. I think that's what we're all just clamoring for. I think you witnessed that with any of the few gigs you've actually Mm -hmm. been able to do. People are so starved for live performance. So I think that's a real plus. I think it's made people appreciate things all the more Mm. and and to remain hungry for them when, when they return. So how does it look like things are evolving at this point? Like when do you... We no. just talked about there being a plexiglass of some kind installed uh-huh. in here, as uh, it is our, in the classroom. Our
1: classrooms just received them this week—the plexiglass um, barriers—and we're going to configure them in this room that'll work with the space needs that a kid needs to be able to play their instrument. Um, but fortunately, this room has enough space to where we can use the barriers and still have bowing room
0: uh, to move around. Yeah, that's the tough thing about strings. You put you put. Uh, Barriers between players—it's one thing to do that between clarinets, mm-hmm. but cello, right. you know, and bass. Yeah, bass especially. I mean, you really need a lot of room to start with. So, well, yeah, and I, of course there is some some hope and, and promise. I think uh, by the school district that you know we'll, the goal at least let's mm-hmm. say be back to five day a week uh, I, before yeah. the end of the school year.
1: And that's kind of a double edged situation because. Um, that was the other challenge we faced is, since I only see half the kids once and then half the kids on the uh, the alternate day, the first time they played together before our concert was the day of the concert at a dress rehearsal. Um, but if we do five days a week face to face with all the, the students here, we don't know if we'll fit in this room with barriers oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. and spacing. So we'll just have to see how that happens, but I always try to find the plus side that means I'll see them twice a week for 80 minutes yeah because we'll stick to the the alternating day schedule but just all the students in the building Um, yeah so that'll be a bonus Um, some other things I'm hopeful about is it looks like we might be able to have our region orchestra event that the kids were able to audition for by video Um, and then we're planning the all-county event and hopeful that that will be able to happen in April so we're creeping our way back to normal life Right, now the All County had usually been in January. Right, yeah. normally we would have had that by now, we would have had the region event by now. Um, it actually happens
0: in November, so. Yeah, yeah. so. Well, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, all the teaching strategies have been most on your mind with mm-hmm. regard to this, but just like I was referencing some gigs that, you know, and I know that you've been involved in a few symphony things that we've put mm-hmm. together, but I'm sure you've done a few others, but as far as weddings and things like that, that's way down to start, and it of course was, now that we've entered into the winter, all those outdoor options have yeah, kind of dried yeah. up. The summer was a
1: quiet time, <laughs> yeah, which is that's normally for sure. a busy time for weddings. But I have played, I think, three weddings since last March, yeah. total, um, and that was a nice experience. Uh, two of them were outdoors, and then one was in First Presbyterian Church, with just like ten members of the
0: family there. But yeah. it was nice. Well, as you know from our Performing there on our series, you know, it had been open for a while, yeah. and then, you know, once they got a scare, they have to do what they have to do, and because uh, that's very dangerous for any given congregation to take right. that risk. So, uh, so it, I I think we share the optimism about uh, you know youth strings and orchestra, and that you know you're also the director of the Long Bay Youth Symphony String Ensemble. Right. So. Um, I know you're equally happy with the fact that we committed to mm-hmm. doing performances in the fall or starting rehearsals in the fall and getting right. started. you had your first one on January twenty third, right? Yes, so that sounds yeah, right. Whatever that, yeah, twenty fourth, I believe twenty fourth was, was, was the Sunday, yeah. But it was a wonderful concert. a little made perhaps a little shorter than yeah. than normal, but uh, just the idea that we're out there doing it. And I think I don't know how you feel about it, but from our perspective with the youth symphony, I think students are just Really eager to be a part of something. Oh yeah, so it's nice for them to have an outlet, you know, outside of
1: school. Absolutely, yeah. because so. I'm in a very fortunate situation here, but not every school is able to have live um, instrument instrumental classes. Some schools are just teaching general music class to class. Right yeah, now. yeah. Uh, so I do feel fortunate here to be able to still offer that to the the students.
0: Well, what about your, your private teaching? Because I know you have a number of students. I mean, I do. Most of the youth symphony students I've got mm-hmm. in cello are st- uh, students of yours.
1: Um, they've been doing well. We've been fortunate enough to continue that throughout this whole time. I think we took a couple of months off in the summer when it was kind of at its height and everybody was just a little nervous to see what that was like. Um, and I, I do a lot of driving. I, I go to a lot of houses. Um, because I do live in North Carolina, so I don't expect my students to drive to me all
0: the time. Sometimes, but that you happens. are seeing them in person. Were you, were you doing a lot of the like uh, you know Zoom call lessons? I and mainly kind of actually did when I was teaching
1: uh, at Coastal. There was one cello student there, and we had to be teaching by Zoom. Right. Last yeah. They kind of mandate that. Um, but my other private students, I said, "Do you want Zoom lessons?" And they said, "We just." you know, we get enough of that with this distance learning with school, we'd rather just wait until we can do it in person. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't enjoy teaching it that way because it's just so hard to to really hear the tone, first of all, you just can't really hear yeah. if the tone you're hearing is the, the
0: instrument or if it's the equipment, that, yeah.
1: like it's recording on. So.
0: Yeah. Well, we still have many challenges ahead of us as far as this is concerned, but uh, I think it's interesting to to see what everyone has done in various situations and what the schools uh, have done. And, you know, nobody knows for sure. I mean, there's a lot of optimism and there are lots of uh, recommendations. I guess the new, is that the, I can't remember, uh, in, the, in the new administration, uh, mm-hmm. some official was talking, again endorsing the idea that students back in school, mm-hmm. is, it seems to be, the evidence seems to support that that, that works out.
1: I, I think so. I hope so. The teachers are another matter, <laughs> right? Right. Um, I would love it if the teachers were not to get political. But if the teachers were kind of moved to the front of the vaccine line, that would make me feel a lot well, better. Well, that was just—I heard
0: that on the news just today. Yeah. I mean, they were they were uh, debating uh, in the state, you know, whether to move. Prioritize teachers and put them ahead and yeah, I can't remember who was speaking, but you know while while they regret the idea of of denying Inevitably you're gonna have to deny to deny others if you're moving people up to deny seniors uh, the opportunity when they've been waiting for so long but uh, this particular uh, this particular official was saying that you know can we try to end the school year Mm -hmm. with this positive note and and perhaps pick up to five days a week and you know get us get us back to normal so I know there's been a real push to that but in the meantime we just have to you know kind of try and improvise and do what we can and and I think there like you said I mean we all look for the silver linings Mm -hmm. and I think there have been some positives I I did want to ask you have you you've you've hardly had the opportunity with one day a week though but have you had the chance to uh, have the students do chamber music I, is that a strategy that you thought of? Yeah, to, definitely to um, isolate them in trios or
1: whatever. We definitely did that. Um, you know, we kind of had to just because of the instrumentation we had with the the splitting of the students by A days and B days. Yeah. You know, I had some classes that didn't even have all of the instrumentation for just a regular string orchestra piece. So, we've done some quartets. We've just organized some trios sometimes. Yeah. Um, and we're. We were heading. We're heading into the spring, which is normally solo and ensemble season, which is another opportunity to set up those smaller groups. Um, I think that that event is still going to be recorded this year, so all the submissions are going to be recorded and
0: submitted for ratings that yeah. way. Well, again, we do what we can, and, and it will with with patience on everyone's part. We'll get back to normal, but uh, it's it's uh, intriguing to hear all the things you've done, and uh, and we'll uh, hopefully be able to check in later and, and see that everything is kind of, you know, back to normal after a after surprisingly long, none of us thought this was going to be like this, right. you know, but that's the way it is. But anyway, it's been interesting hearing uh, your perspectives and your experiences with this mm-hmm. and uh, we will sign off for now and then join me, uh, we'll be right back with uh, a couple of other interviews. Hi, I'm here now with uh, Lacey Tier, one of the Youth Symphony bass players. We're here at the end of uh, Youth Symphony rehearsal, and I thought I would snag her to give her perspective. Uh, now you are at uh, at Scholars Academy, right? Yes, As well, so uh, she's been a bass player with us for three Since years. First one year. yep. Yeah, and uh, she's particularly um, her situation is particularly intriguing to me because. Uh, she is a senior and she is looking to go to music school. And so I wanted to talk to Lacey about all of the complications uh, that COVID has presented for a student in music and one trying to move on uh, in the music world. So Lacey, let me ask you, what is the, what is the major uh, impediment or hardship that COVID has put on you?
2: Well, I feel like as it goes with day-to-day life, not related to audition things uh, with college, the, I and I feel that most people can relate. There is a universal understanding of a lot of the hardship that people have gone through. You know, we're all right. isolated, we're yeah. apart from each other, everything's virtual, and as it relates to music, and then with school being virtual, that was a really hard transition for a lot of people. It's hard
0: for everybody. It's hard for my kids. Right. It's just... Yeah.
2: And I think that a lot of people who have kids or are you know, teenagers or in any level of school understand uh, how hard that transition was and how hard it is to stay focused and motivated at home. And then when you take out music and you take out rehearsals, I think that I speak for any musician at any level uh, when I say that this is an outlet where people can express themselves and express their passion. And not have to worry about everything else that's going on outside.
0: Right. So, am I am I mistaken? Is this the only outlet you currently have? N-
2: no. Um. No. Not not just like the youth symphony. I'm saying, but just in, ensembles in general. Right. Um, but so, yeah. what
0: what un, what ensemble activity do you still have now with the current conditions?
2: Right. So um, I'm here with the right. Long Bay Youth Symphony, and then I also play in the wind ensemble. At uh, Coastal Carolina, uh, as far as ensembles go.
0: Now they're just those starting back up, right? Yes. Because yes. in the fall semester they weren't doing anything, were they?
2: We we had a fall semester where we did some chamber things. Um, Performances. Yes, though? Yes. We we had a oh, recording okay. kind of thing where we had smaller chamber groups, but um, and now we're starting back up actually this week with uh, regular rehearsals. Which right is in been the spring great.
0: semester that's really that's really good. But now as far as the Uh, Now, your home school is St. James? Yes. Yeah, and and what's going on in in the regular
2: schools? Right, so in regular schools, you know, people, I think we're now familiar with the words hybrid and virtual and all those things. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm doing hybrid. Um, I know at at regular schools they're doing uh, that decision either between virtual or hybrid. Um, But it's, without this outlet of, during really the thick of quarantine and that that spring of 2020 was just really difficult to not have this outlet in this way that a lot of people cope with how everything else is going and with how crazy things were on the outside and then to not have that music was really really difficult i know for me a lot of people handled quarantine great and got a lot of things done, and you know. Yeah, I'm not one of
0: those people. <laughs> that that
2: was not me either. Um, so uh, I think that for I speak for everyone and almost every walk of life when I say that I really appreciate and have so much more gratitude for all the things that I get to do now, and I will be able to resume going forward. Right,
0: I felt that year. This entire year with the youth Symphony students is the idea that we're actually proceeding and doing this and actually doing concerts. I mean, the the symphony itself, you know, just did their first concert recently. and you know so we weren't doing anything until the end of January. So it was almost an entire year off. But fortunately, uh, you know it seems a little bit less risk for you know, younger people and students, and since the schools were, operating to a certain degree, we thought we'd give it a try. And I think it's really been a godsend for a lot of students to be able to still have that opportunity. But, yeah, so it it is a silver lining that that you learn to appreciate uh, what you have not been able to do. And I think the silver lining for us, and I think you would probably agree, is that in order to fashion something uh, that is safe and workable, we have uh, done a lot more chamber music. And it's that's true. been particularly fun for you.
2: That's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I really enjoy being able to do uh, chamber music, which is seldom, um, is a seldom opportunity for our bass players, right. but it's be- definitely been fun. Yeah,
0: so we're trying to work in two of them the, the great standards of one of the Rossini string sonatas, and then also the Dvorak uh, quintet with bass. So, yeah, that, that's really turned out to be a, a real plus, I think. Something we always wanted to do. Uh, but we're you know, just somehow too busy getting the regular agenda going that when you have no choice you pursue right. something like this but yeah I wanted to ask you about particularly applying for, for college because I mean I just can't imagine You know, I, I made all my visits when I was a senior and I mean, it, made, it meant so much to me to be in those places where I could kind of see the atmosphere of being in the conservatory you know? and it's like yeah this is the place I want to go but how has that worked for you?
2: Right, so um, fortunately, I, I've, the schools that I've applied to, I've been either on their campus or I have been to events that are at these schools, which has definitely uh, guided me in my decision process. But all of that took place before COVID. I was fortunate enough. Oh wow! To, so that yes. is good
0: that you you kind of did it well in advance. Definitely. So. Well,
2: actually, I, I there's one exception to that. I was I visited Vanderbilt University during this COVID season um, and had to you know quarantine for the weeks after and before that I traveled there. Um, but specifically, when it comes to applying and that whole process of recording and auditioning, it. It, I had this picture in my head that I painted uh, even a year ago or just the years leading up to the last that we just experienced that when I, I watched my other friends go through this, this really stressful process and I said, well, this is what this looks like. I'm going to go to all these places. I have to travel and I have to stay there and I'm going to go to the campus and I will go into the music school and I will see the professor and oh my goodness, which is that kind of stress that builds and you know what you expect you know yeah. what you're doing but now i have these zoom auditions where it's it's thinly veiled in comfort you know it's something that i've that i've grown so used to is clicking join zoom you know yeah
0: yeah it's still not the same thing i fi- no. i find you know that that empty reality a, a little intimidating i still do Definitely. I'd rather have the response of people's faces and so on. So it's very hard to just stare into an open chasm of an auditorium or in a church where we've done these performances and, and just talk as though they're there. It's, it's kind of strange. But how about your lessons? Because
2: yeah, so, that's also a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lessons uh, leading up to kind of during the summertime and on the tail end of springtime, and a little into the fall, I was doing all virtually, which is was very difficult, you know. Um, bass is a very physical instrument. It's one of those things where you, being in person is, is super, super critical. Uh, fortunately, I've been able to resume taking in-person lessons with my private teacher with masks and social distancing and all of those things. but. Um, during that time when we were doing those Zoom auditions, it was very difficult because, well, you can't show me this thing and you can't really see what I'm doing. And, and you
0: can't play together. That's the exactly. most disconcerting thing about it. You have yes. to take your turns because the, the visual doesn't line up with the, uh, with the audio. So it's, it's kind of tough. Yes,
2: definitely. Well,
0: it's, it's, it's certainly been a challenge, but I think we, like you had alluded to early on in, in this conversation, we learned to appreciate things that we maybe took for granted before and so the idea that we can be together every week and rehearse and perform th- actually more concerts than we did under regular circumstances because we've for the youth Symphony we've separated the uh, the chamber music out or we did so there's been a, a real substantial amount of activity and it's uh, I think it's been something that has been really helpful to a lot of people so
2: Definitely.
0: But it's good to have a chance to talk to you, and and, uh, we wish you luck in your college endeavors, and and hopefully when you are off to college by the fall, things will have lifted somewhat and we can get back to some kind of normal.
2: Yes, I hope so. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Well, stay tuned. I will have some other interviews coming up. Hi. Now I'm back home and joined uh, as many times before by my friend and colleague, uh, Tim Cook, who as many of you out there know, uh, is the director of the Carolina Master Chorale as being as well as being uh, the uh, director of the Adult Choir at First Presbyterian Church and also on the faculty at Coastal Carolina University, both doing the choirs there and teaching private voice. So Tim, nice to have you back in my home. Good to be here, Charles, as always. Yep. So our subject for this uh, episode is just COVID and how that has affected musicians' uh, activities. So, I mean, I think of all of the areas of the performing arts, vocal performance has probably been the
3: most affected. Uh, yeah, I, you know, when the when the pandemic started, uh, you know, I was terrified about what my life would be like, and, and so I can say at least it hasn't been a worst-case scenario. Right. But uh, yeah. but it, you know, our activity now is you know nowhere close to um, what we do. You know, it, it um, the circumstances won't allow us to, you know, put forth you know everything that we could offer. Um, s- some people won't participate at all, and and I can't blame them. You know, yeah, and yeah. and if I weren't the conductor, uh, you know, who, who felt responsible for keeping organizations afloat, keeping everything moving, you know, I might think about uh, you know not participating for a while. But you know, since. Since this is my lifeblood this is what i do and <laughs> this yeah. is what you do we can just keep moving forward but yeah you know the thing i've found too with musicians and you
0: probably have as well is that people have just kind of gotten worn down with it yeah. uh, the, the acuteness of the concern is not there anymore. I'm not saying the concern's not there but people have walked this pathway for a year now and almost a year and uh, you know while they're they're worried about it they just want to do something, and all I right. think that's that's really important. And if, I think if, I was talking with you earlier about this: the fact that the big thing when all of this happened back in the spring uh, was to do these virtual performances. That was that was a big goal, you know, just to get out there on the internet, on, on YouTube and whatnot, uh, just to do some kind of something. And I think we all realized, you know, I, maybe with the hope that that some sort of performance can be pursued and and normal is right around the corner i think we hope that we wouldn't have to mess with the complexity of that because you did that with uh, with a bunch
3: of singers at Coastal. yeah we, we did and yeah it's it's uh it's it, it's very um intensive you know um time intensive and and each participant you know has to uh reach an exact you know standard yeah. and then you have to find somebody with the capability uh, for the technology to put it all together, and that person also has to be artistic because they have to hear the music the same way that you you know you hear it. Right. Uh, we were fortunate to have Ethan yeah, do I, that. So, yeah. so I, yeah, I had I actually had the same project done by two different people, uh, f- because there was a student who wanted that opportunity, a graduate student, and then the, and I had an undergraduate and a graduate student. And the one that the undergraduate turned out uh, was really quite extraordinary, yeah, exactly. and it had some little problems in it. And so I would call him and say, "This isn't quite right." And he'd and so he, you know, fifteen minutes later, he'd send it back. He said, "How is it now?" And it'd be fixed. The other one, the voices weren't together. It made all kinds. Tough. Yeah, so I mean, it, it takes a special person to put it together, and you know, it can be expensive too. If, you know, if, unless you have a volunteer, and if you have a volunteer, right. my right. volunteer said it took him eighty hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for one
0: thing, so right. it was it was all the rage, I mean, all the major right. orchestras were putting out sure. performances like that, but I think we just reached the point where, you know, we're just trying to do what we can, right. and do outdoor performances, right. do small group performances, and uh, of course, uh, both of our organizations have uh, recently done, uh, you know, fairly substantial. We had 25 members, right. we had 15. Yeah. Uh, for our uh, first concert back on the thirty first of January, but both of those performances were live streamed, and right. so that that's
3: become the new right. hopeful yeah. uh, medium. Right, and I, and I hope that the, that we can continue to connect to the audience. I was sort of surprised at how well ours went. Of course, we were preparing for a live performance. Yeah. You know, we had yeah. we had. Uh, 200 audience members that were going to come, you know, our concert was sold out, the the hall holds 900, but they would only allow 200 at at First Presbyterian. And then, uh, you know, a a little more than a week before our concert, um, the church made the decision to have no more public events because the numbers were going up between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I I didn't begrudge the church that at all, you know, I thought, well, that's the right decision, we just have to figure out what to do. And the church said, however, we will allow you to put the performance on and, and allow you to use our technology so you can stream it. And I was quite surprised about <clears throat> about the reaction. Um, I, I only heard one negative reaction, and that was before the performance. And I didn't hear from that person again afterward. I had a good conversation with that person. And um, but all of the email that I got afterward, you know, was uh, uh, um, you know deeply appreciative for something. That's
0: know? the thing. I mean, people just want something, and while it's not. It's not like it's not sitting there watching this live. It's awfully close. It's it is live.
3: Right. You're just not, you know, in the presence of the of the ensemble. So. And with the camera angles and so forth, I mean, you can get up closer and certain, you know, things that you can't see. And you know. Well, that's the thing. I think you know, there's an added plus and there's a silver lining, like we've talked about before
0: to this so much. And I think, you know, there there are two things that came to mind when we did our concert was that number one. Uh, you know, people could gather together and have a nice sort of social event. Uh, You know, families or people who've been close and they don't have any hesitation about getting together in in a home can get, uh, you know, get wine and cheese and watch a concert and and, uh, enjoy it that way. And then as an extension of that, the idea that there are actually people all over the world who can just get a ticket and watch and that's never been possible. That's true, yeah. And I hope that means that some
3: level of this will continue and I, I, I'm pretty confident it will, well past the pandemic. Right, sure, we're learning how to communicate with audiences. You know, our <clears throat> snowbirds who can't be there, right. who love to see the choir in February, but in December, you know, they could sit in their home in upstate New York and, and you know, feel like they're a part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, how are rehearsals for that? Uh, for, for both choirs, all, all three choirs, actually. <laughs> I mean, for coastal Sure, Union, so yeah. All. Uh, so uh, they're all a little bit different, but the first Presbyterian choir on a given Sunday morning will be uh, up to fifteen singers, um, and that feels, you know, like uh, you know, pretty f- full group. We're able to spread them out quite a bit, and we wear these lovely singers' masks, yeah, I love you know, these, yeah. and the, these masks that give you, you know, room to breathe and that are such a great fashion statement. They remind me of those Venetian masks and the doctor masks. <laughs> <and then with, laughs> right, yeah. right, exactly. Uh, and and then but then we also put singers on microphones which they're not so accustomed to in, in choral settings uh, so that you know all the sound you know can can be synthesized to go out on a broadcast so we rehearse. On Sunday mornings in that big sanctuary, we've got 15 singers, so we can spread them out all over But a problem with singers is that they love to have somebody sitting next to them that's confident with the music. Mm-hmm. Singers like to lean on each other a little bit. Yeah, that's so that's what, that dynamic has changed. They right? miss that, yeah. and, if, and if you're a little bit insecure about this or that, and you don't have anybody nearby, that aspect of it makes it a little more. The uh, concert choir, Coastal, rehearses much the same way in Wheelwright Auditorium, so it seats whatever, uh, eight hundred yeah. or something. But they sit in the. And audience. That's hard to hear in in those seats. It's it very is. hard to pick up sound from others near you. So I, I've got maybe uh, 35, 30 to thirty five that come. You know, uh, our choir is fifty five typically, and so this. Is, um, but uh, you know, COVID has you know. Uh, reduce our membership and then also a number of students elect not to not to come live. You know, they're allowed by the university to take any class online right now. And so we have students that Watch choir online, you know. I can't imagine that that's a real choral experience for them, but that's their choice. And they wouldn't ultimately show up for the performance. That, some will, so, you know. Some Maybe as things shift you yeah, get more confidence. some will. If I can, yeah. you know, put them on the end, or you know, a couple of them will. But some of them just won't participate at all, and, and that's that's their prerogative, and, and you know. But do they all do all three choirs use these? They masks? They all use these masks, yeah. Mm-hmm. In in performance, yeah. yeah. In the performance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and and. and you know, you you think they're going to really uh, impede the diction and so forth? It's it's um, it's not terrible, and especially it's really with, not with the miking. You yeah. know, um, I was surprised at how many people told me that they couldn't believe they understood all the oh, words. Oh, I I I watched so, it and listened yeah. to it, and it was amazing. Yeah. Of course, we talked about the fact that. Jody Boykin
0: over there does such a great job right, at First Presbyterian. Right, sound man
3: very good. He just wants it, to be, he wants it to be better and better every time. Right. And the thing about that, you know,
0: contrasting your performance with the symphony's performance, is that, you know, he was able to a- attack our situation completely differently. He just put microphones behind me uh-huh. and it was an acoustic experience. Right. You know, his goal so was to. Nice. he wanted to just get the idea of what it'd be like to sit near the front in, in the audience. So we just had a pair of actually three mics. He had a pair of one kind of mic and then one above that. Yeah. And by all accounts, I haven't heard it yet, but yeah. everyone says it, it sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there is that. It's it's uh, it's it's always fun to get new benefits mm-hmm. from uh, from something different. And um, and like I say, we'll hold on to those. I think
3: as we move forward. But I was curious about private teaching too because yeah. I don't do that. But yeah. Well, uh, the university, you know, has. You know very um, clear rules and uh, indoor uh, singing in offices is not allowed. They've allowed us one space and that's Wheelwright Auditorium, but the auditorium has a lot of demands on the schedule, so you can't do private lessons there. So our lessons are in studios. I meet my students for the first couple of lessons, so we choose their repertoire. And just, and just talk through them. Yeah, talk yeah. through them, help them with any foreign languages, and yeah. then uh, we might um, Uh, The pianist will come and record an accompaniment that they can use in their practice, and then I have four lessons this afternoon, I'm going home and I'm going to sit in front of my computer, and that's the only way I can get them to sing. Uh, You know, they'll go to a practice room and I'll send them a Zoom link and they'll sing for me over the internet. Yeah, I don't think most people have a clear idea of how
0: much more work (laughs) it's been for for us in the performing arts, just to make something happen. I, I spoke to someone a while back who was the director of a, a, a theater, uh, you know, spoken theater, and they were trying to do all these online performances and just mm-hmm. the idea, or virtual really, the, everyone was in
3: their own, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, I, that's yeah. unbelievable to consider yeah. the amount of timing and all. Well, our, our friends at the Theatre of the Public have been dealing with that, you know, and they did try to do a live show, you know, sort of early on in this process, I couldn't remember exactly what month, maybe it was August or September, but... Uh, they spread COVID through the cast. Oh gosh! Yeah, the director got it. A number of the I, actors. I mean, they've all come back. I know them all, and you know, and they've all survived it. But um, it's pernicious. But but, it, but it's yeah. But it's changed. You know, they're thinking about how they can do things. You know. Well. I don't... What uh, what's up for say the rest of the season for the Master Corral? Well, we we've canceled our February concert. Um, We just it it, it feels like it's worse than it was in November. Yeah, well, we are definitely
0: the the irony of it is we were all you know on pins and needles when it first came out in March, and we were you know just obsessive about everything, and now we've almost. A year later, kind of got worn down. And ironically,
3: this is the worst. This is the peak for us. Well, I mean, you you know, when you know people like, you know, our former mayor, John Rose. Right, I know. You know, got COVID and died. And And uh, we've talked about several musicians in the area. Yeah. So what if that happened within your ensemble? You know, how do you live with yourself after that? Yeah. And by making a very small, poor choice. Right. So I'm hopeful, you know, I'm hopeful about the vaccines, you know, and uh, a number of our members are starting to get them I've, I've gotten my first shot and um, you know I'm hopeful that that would make it safer and and we'll just have to push forward so uh, I hope we have a March concert that we have not yet canceled and we have a may concert you know, with some um, players from the symphony and so I'm hopeful that maybe we'll be able to pull those off in some form or another probably virtually but you know maybe we might be able to get a small audience you know by may who knows yeah you know, who yeah who
0: knows. that would be nice well we' we're, we're forging ahead we had uh, you know a good artistic success I think with with our first uh, of this series in the spring of 2021 uh, and I th- you know I, I think it's just a question of getting people accustomed to uh, a new style of performance and viewing uh, and I think there were some people who, who called up asking for tickets and when they found out it was virtual they just didn't sure and I, I just think about that. you yeah. should you should try it because I think it's going to really become, in some part, what we're going to be facing, Uh, maybe intermittently over the next 20 years or whatever, who knows, knows? who knows? knows? These variants may... The variants, and there there could be another pandemic, so I mean... Yeah. mm. But uh, at any rate, we're forging ahead with, you know, uh, a series of three more concerts, but I think another one we've talked about earlier today, you and I, uh, is, uh, the hope that we'll be presenting, a, finally, presenting our Queen concert uh, as an outdoor uh, performance at the baseball stadium. So and we'll have some chorus members singing as well. So we're hoping that by that time, and certainly in an outdoor venue, things will have smoothed out a bit. But it, it's going to take some time. But we all look forward to getting back to some level of normal, that's for sure. It's it's uh, like I referenced uh, it's a tremendous challenge to try to move forward with anything because there's so much, just in terms of double-checking, when we did our performance, uh, this first one, you know, we had to restate our COVID protocols and make sure we had everything, all the sanitizing there available and made sure about, you know, the length of rehearsal time just to make sure that uh, there's no chance of, uh, you know, the particulate spreading and, and kind of, um, you know, reaching a certain mass I you know it's just seemed all seems so mysterious and all we can do is is follow recommendations of course, the CDC right. so but we will move through it and I think that um, the the upshot of it is that people are going to be starved to get out and do these kinds of things again so uh, we all look forward to when things pick up but in the meantime we innovate as best we can so Tim I appreciate your coming out again and talking to me and for your best time. of luck with with all your organizations and hopefully we will be able to collaborate as often as we have been in the past oh so too uh, Thanks. thank you so much thank you, Charles. well i hope you found my guests perspectives enlightening and helped you better to understand what they've had to do to remain musically active during this pandemic i want to remind everyone about our next long bay symphony concert going for baroque on Sunday February 21st at 4 o'clock. It's an all Baroque program with familiar pieces as well as some not so familiar. So in addition to the uh, first suite from Handel's famous water music and Bach's uh, C major orchestral suite, uh, we have two of our Long Bay Symphony principal players uh, doing concertos by Vivaldi. Uh, first, our principal second Abigail Alba will perform the famous Spring from the Four Seasons and our principal bassoon Patrick Herring will perform the Bassoon Concerto in G minor. So like the last concert this one also is only live streamed so for a ticket code to have access to the live stream uh, either visit our website very simple to remember Longbassymphony.com, or you can go on the Long Bay Symphony's Facebook page. Until then Stay safe and keep listening.